I am really looking forward to today's conversation with center fielder with the San Francisco Giants and grandson of Red Sox legend and baseball Hall of Famer, Carl Yastrzemski. Welcome, Mike Yastrzemski. What's happening, man? What's up? Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad we're doing this over Zoom. Or are you COVID-free now? How's that? Uh, <laughs> you're, uh, you're, te- you're out and uh, feeling good. I am. I'm out of COVID jail, feeling good. And I don't wish quarantine upon my worst enemy man it is brutal yeah well it has to be tough when just like you're watching your like your team out there you're like that has to be like you want to be out there more than anything I'm sure right that's that's probably the worst part about it is I almost didn't want to watch the games you know like the boys are out there just grinding and I'm sitting in a hotel room for the seventh day in a row you know feeling lazy feeling sick feeling just bored and you you almost get to a breaking point within that week you know it just kind of it weighs on you but you know the other part of that is being away from family you know it's so tough to to not be at home and being useful and helpful and having any sort of normal routine yeah it takes i i like obviously didn't happen to me but i remember in 2008 when um Tom Brady tore his ACL MCL and like was, was out. And I just like, I remember he is like, I can't, I can't watch or, um, anything like that just cause you just, you want to be out there, but no, I'm glad you're feeling better. And obviously it's best for the team that you're, uh, you're feeling better as well, but let's, uh, let's jump in with uh, some hard hitting stuff here. And so I see the mustaches back and, uh, I've heard rumors about it. Yeah. It's awesome to see it today. Um, like tell me a little bit about mustache and i'm curious and just a hunch is it have anything to do with superstition and or anything like that i know baseball players are super super <clears throat> like superstitious hard to say <laughs> yeah it um it actually started in i think it was 2018 i was in triple a for like the fourth straight year and i was just getting bored you know like i'm i'm in norfolk virginia and for most people who haven't been to a game there, this is like one of the most unhitter friendly fields of all time. You know, it's like, it's not outrageously big, but it just, it looks big. It's kind of like eerie at night. Wind always blows in and it's just like depressing to hit there. And so I was like, I need to entertain myself. I can't grow a beard. I have the (laughs) grossest patchy cheek hair. So I was like, I can grow a mustache. So, So I started growing a mustache and from then on, I started raking in May. And so nice. I get traded in 2019 and May comes along. I'm in Sacramento and I tell the guys, I'm like, Hey, like I'm, I'm doing mustache May. Anybody who wants to join, go ahead. And so it was me, Austin Slater, this kid, Zach Green, and one of our pitchers, Andy Suarez. And I proceeded to hit 12 home runs that month get called up halfway through the month. Slater hits nine home runs that month, gets called up later that month. Wow. And it became this like notion that if you have a mustache during May, then you're going to rake. And yeah. everybody else played really well too. So it was super cool. And uh, we've just kind of kept it going. I love it. I think right when COVID hit uh, in 2020, I grew a mustache, but I just noticed my wife slowly like not be wanting to be around me less and less as the mustache grew. So uh <laughs> I had to make a quick decision there and shave it off. But uh, if, if it works for you, most importantly on the field, you'll, you know, well, uh, that's awesome. But, exactly. That, that's you part know, of why my, my wife loves it too. You know, it, it works on the field and that makes her happy. So it pays the bills, baby. Exactly. 
the um well i know listen i'm a boston guy growing up in boston there really was no bigger name in legend than your grandfather uh red sox legend carl yastrzemski baseball was obviously in your blood i know your dad uh played as well uh, give us a little bit of background um in in like getting up into the mlb yeah um it was it was pretty crazy for me um obviously i always loved baseball and always wanted to play baseball but um I was never pressured to. And so I think that's what created my love for it is that it was always I'm playing with my friends. I'm having a good time. And I think my grandfather was so good that I didn't have to think that I had to like live up to this great big shadow. I just wanted to play in the big leagues. You know, I wanted one day and I was going to hang my hat on that and be happy because my dad never made it. You know, he he played in triple A for a little while and, um, you know, never finally got the call and so I said I just want to get there and when I would look at my grandfather's stats I could like conceptualize that and I'd be like okay I'm 19 years old my grandfather played for the same team in the big leagues for longer than I've been alive like that's that's unheard of and then when when Jeter played for 20 years and I got to obviously watch all of his career I, I realized even more so how hard that is because people don't do that anymore, especially for one team. <clears throat> and that just made this separation of love for the game versus realistic goals that I want to accomplish. And so then when I get to, to pro ball and, you know, I get off to a really good start and everything ends up working out at first, get to double A and then don't play well, you know, then I get hurt. And then it turns into this thing where I've played six years in the minor leagues and I'm just like begging for an opportunity. I was ready to hang it up. I was ready to, you know, move on with my life and try and figure out how to make some money. And then I got traded and then I finally got a shot, you know? So sometimes it's just a change of scenery, um, you know, a a different face that you need looking at your swing. You need somebody figuring something out for you. So um, you know, honestly, it was just a, a combination of, of love and passion for just wanting to play baseball as long as possible and a little bit of luck. Yeah, I'm so curious. Like, I, I know you, um, you passed in uh, 2009 getting drafted when you were drafted by the Red Sox. Like, how do you how do you pass that, like pass on that to go to college? <laughs> um, honestly, I think it was. The program at Vandy is so incredible. And I was a, I was a wily 18 year old kid who was just like wanting something intense in his life. And there was nothing more intense that I'd seen than that program. And, you know, Corbs was this, you know, big personality, strong headed, incredible coach from new England. And I was like, all right, I'm going to go play in the sec. That's what I've always wanted to do. And, he never made it feel comfortable for me. It was never like, Hey, you're going to come play right away. You're going to get reps as a freshman. He was like, he would tell me, he told me before I left for Thanksgiving, I had a really good fall. And he goes, yeah, I don't, I don't know if you're ever going to step foot on this field until you're at least a junior, maybe a senior. And I was just like, Oh God, what what have I done? And so then I was like, I got this mentality of like, all right, I'm just going to get a really good education and, you know, hopefully I'll get a good job out of college and, then having that like that aspect of thinking that I had to earn everything and there was like I had to really really work hard to get just get into the lineup and 
that set me up for so much success down the line. And I, I ended up playing, you know, opening day that year as a freshman and gotten, you know, I got to play a, a ton. And so um, it, it really helped me develop mentally as a player. There's so many points here. I, I, I want to ask you about just a piece of advice or something, you know, just generally what your, you know, your grandfather had given you over the years, but there's so many little specifics where I want to be like in this moment, what did he say to you in this? I mean, just cause like, this is the sport and passing on the team you work, but I, I, I'll keep it just due to time and respecting your time. Like what, 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 um, whether it was with baseball or not with baseball off the field, is there a specific piece of advice that, um, your grandfather gave to you that's really stuck with you that you can share? Yeah. Um, it was honestly, his biggest advice was teaching me to learn to separate my life in baseball versus my life off the field, because you, you have to compartmentalize everything mentally or else you're never going to be able to stay sane. Baseball is the most incredible game of failure where, you know, you're failing, failing, failing constantly, and then you're an all-star, you know, it's, you know, you fail, if you can fail 70% of the time for 20 years straight, then you're going to be a hall of famer. Yeah. And conceptually that just like, that's demoralizing, you know, there's no, yeah. there's no other industry in the world where that's acceptable. <laughs> and, and so I, uh, I had to, to learn to, to take the failures and successes of baseball and not let them creep into my life off the field, that being family life, um, you know, any sort of hobby life, all that, and vice versa. You know, if I have a bad day where, you know, things just aren't falling my way at home, I can't bring that to the field and let it affect my play. And it was hard to learn at first, right? As a, as a young kid, you, you don't have that ability. You don't know how to, you know, take my, maybe I'm having, you know, broke up with my girlfriend in high school. I'm probably going to take that to the field right. with me. Well, you have a lot less probably now, as I know, as a new dad, you probably have a lot less going on back in high school <laughs> than you do now, which, you know, married with a, with a kid, right? Right. A hundred percent. And those are the things that you have to learn to change. You know, it's like, uh, okay, so let's say my daughter doesn't sleep or she wakes up in the middle of the night, you know, then when I get to the field, I'm, I'm going to have to find a way to take a nap, you know, or yeah. vice versa. She has a, a really good day and we have a ton of fun. Then, you know, I can go to the field and, I'm going to be clear headed either way. Yeah. Before we leave the baseball field here to talk business, do you have like a fe- you like, I know obviously you played at Fenway now. Do you, is there, whether it's your, do you remember growing up going to Fenway? Do you have like a specific Fenway park memory? Um, man, I've got a lot of them. Um, I have, I w- I remember the coolest thing that happened to me was in the Oh four run. I had tickets to every single home playoff game. And so I, I literally went to every single home playoff game. So to experience that, seeing us down three, nothing coming back, like big poppy was the most entertaining player to watch at that time between him and Manny. It was just like, you know, Pedro yeah. was unbelievable. Like there's two, I honestly had too many memories growing up, but like yeah, between them and that stretch and, the Pats, it was like we had the greatest run yeah. in sports history, in my opinion. And so it was yeah. like, I think that's what created the uh, like just that agitating 
arrogant New England fan. Like I was one million percent like the leader of that at the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I was a junior and senior in call or yeah, in 05. And uh, I just remember that run. It was it was epic. I'll, I'll save the long, long winded story, but I ended up um, a friend of mine, my best friend, we we made um, we took somebody else's tickets and we made a photocopy. This is, you know, oh, four like, of <laughs> tickets. And we went to every single playoff game. And we, I flew back from college, went every single on the 2004 run. Um, we didn't. So we were in the stadium finish. together. We were in the stadium together and uh, we must have been the good luck charm. But I just uh, what I mean, it's re- religious experience, religious experience. It, but it was for sure. Yeah. Uh, well, I, uh, you know, obviously baseball is a year round commitment and uh, probably more than any other major sport. And obviously we mentioned you're 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 a new dad. And what do you have going on off uh, off the field in the business world? Obviously, you're in the like in San Francisco, you're in the startup community and all that. Yeah. Um, right now I've been doing, uh, mostly philanthropic stuff. Um, you know, I haven't really, I've been, as I said, I was absolutely grinding in the minor leagues for a while. So I've been playing a little, uh, a little financial catch up here lately. Um, but now that we're starting to get into some, uh, some more comfort, I, uh, I've grown a, a really strong interest in following nfts and trying to get into the crypto world and trying to figure out what's actually gonna stick around because there's so much that's happened in the last like four years that's been incredible to see but um you know the main nonprofit that i've been working with is actually a a company out here called heart and armor and it's uh really heavily science-based on how to help veterans get back into society and how we can scientifically deal with PTSD. And it's been really, really cool just to be meeting some of these guys and women that have just sacrificed their life for us to be able to have our freedoms and to, to be doing what we love, you know, and and instead of having to work jobs that, you know, we are forced into, or we're trained into, we are given this incredible ability to to do what we love and, to be able to give back to them and bring awareness to the struggles that they go through and just really the mental aspect of how hard that is for them to come back and not be in service anymore is really incredible. Yeah. We'll make sure to include links so that the community here at playing field can support you. I, I did see that. Uh, I think it was last season. Some fans got together to donate to all time, Alzheimer's research um, for every home run you hit that had been pretty cool. Yeah, that was really cool. Um, so I got to meet, uh, I got to meet them kind of randomly. Like I had no idea that was going on because for some reason, when I get into the season, my social media awareness just kind of like floats away. Uh, yeah. And, you know, so I hadn't seen any of this going on. And then one of our media people brought it up to me and I was like, how have I not noticed this? Like, and so being able to to meet them and I've, I've done some uh, ALS stuff, obviously with Pete Frady's and, um, you know, the, the phrase family, I, I went to high school with those boys and with Pat Connaughton. And so I've had a, a good connection to that. And, you know, Crawford's dad runs a, uh, a golf tournament out here that raised money for ALS. So to be able to have more connection to it and to be able to really bring some awareness and ended up hitting a ton of home runs that year. So <laughs> it brought a little bit of money in for him. So that was really cool and um, a really unique experience that I was very happy to have. That's really cool. Well, so final question, 
2005, 2006 was like the prime. I don't want to make this all about me here, but it like, <laughs> like that was like prime meathead, like Jim rat days. And like my favorite yeah. baseball player of all time, uh, and still to this day was Gabe Kapler, your manager. And like, what do you think? I mean, I got my, I got my sweatshirt on now, but like, do you think I look just like Gabe Kapler? I mean, what do you think? Both Jews, like, I'll, the, uh... I'll give you, I'll give you a little similarity. You all have, right, you right, have way you. more, you have way more hair than he does. That's true. That's true. Does he, what kind of like, I mean, obviously I saw him as a baseball player, but it seems like he has a real big, you know, an intensity to him and, um, kind of a hard, I don't know, the hard edge that he could probably bring to the game. Do you see a lot of that? I, th- I think the hard edge is on his, on his jawline. You know, that's probably where <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. hard edge ends. He, uh, he's an incredible guy, um, very passionate. And one of the, the best things about him is he genuinely cares about his players. Um, you know, it's not just about your performance on the field. It's about your mental state, your family, um, he wants us to be in the best state possible that we can, because he knows that's going to bring our best performance, right. but it's not a, it's not a means to an end for him. It's a, it's a genuine care for a relationship and to play for a manager like that is so easy. You know, it makes yeah. it, it makes it fun. It gives you something other to relate to other than just baseball. You know, yeah. you can, you can have, you can go in and, have a scotch with them after the game. You can have a conversation. You can eat dinner with them. You can go out to eat with them. You can go grab coffee with them, whatever, you know? So yeah. it's not just this, this strict, you know, boss to employee relationship. It's, it's a, it's a genuine friendship. And um, that makes coming to the field so much more enjoyable and so much more fun. And I think that's what ultimately started us getting to where we were last year and winning 107 games was we had, each other's backs and we had a family here and it wasn't just a team yeah well obviously he created there was a family back in 05 too when he was on the socks like he um, yeah cowboy up yeah he knows all about that well mike thank you so much for your time you know today i know how busy it is during the season and so best of luck you now have a ton of new fans and we'll all be cheering you you know cheering along ben thanks man i appreciate it